Well, I would say so. Our guest this week practices his craft in person on Main Street up against fitness apps and other virtual options. Dante, as you saw, brings the heat in the squared circle, and he also lays down some beats, which is pretty cool. He's a family man. He follows his plan. Faith and family are paramount for him, and you don't need him, don't need to tell him twice because he is most certainly unfuckwittable. Welcome to the show, Mr. Dante Smiley. I appreciate it, brother. Glad to be here, man. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, I mean, this is, uh, I'm very, I'm like pumped up. I mean, if you just watched that little promo reel, which was a snippet of about six minutes of straight up hype and pressure for what Dante does. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm elevated on it. I'm hyped up about it. Let's jump right in. So I had elevated your book. This is your book, Dante's book. You can get it on Amazon, Becoming Unfuckwittable, uh, How Going from a Victim to a 13th Floor Mindset Can Change Your Life and Legacy Forever. Let's jump right in because one of your core values from page 56, first one, don't let good be the robber of the best. Why don't you share with everybody exactly what you mean by that? I mean, I think a lot of people, when it comes to don't let good be Robert the best, I just feel like a lot of people, uh, when it comes to what they do in life, are okay with stuff just being okay, are okay with stuff being content and flowing. And uh, that's just not something that I'm okay with. You know what I mean? I want to have a great life. I want to have an elite life. I want to have a life where I'm always giving my best and those around me are always giving their best. And it's just simple as if somebody doesn't understand what let you know not letting good be robber the best what that is i think the simplest way to explain it is the fact that you know i do crossfit competitions for instance and i'm real big in the, the crossfit that's my training methodology that i use and when i go to a competition it's something as simple as if i have a minute left on the clock and i know that i could suffer for just one more minute to get 10 more reps in or whatever it is i get those 10 reps rather than getting seven or breaking it down at five or anything like that just to catch my breath when it's going to be over in one minute. And it's just, to me, as simple as something like that. You know what I mean? I go all the way there to whatever the extent is of going all the way to there is with whatever I'm doing and don't, and, 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 you know, don't, don't um, rely on anything less than that. You, you know what I'm saying? Cause good is good and best is best. And so I always give my all to everything that I do. I don't do anything in life if I know I'm not going to give 100% in. I'll just rather say no if I know I might sandbag the situation or I might not want to do it halfway through. I'm very in tune with the things that I want to do and who I want to do life with or whatever it may be. And I only do stuff that I know and only associate with people that I know that I'm going to give my all to in every single moment that I'm seeing doing those things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think... I think the way that hit for me is I've been so focused on elevating above the statement that good is good enough, right? Because I think if we look at the last, you know, five to 10 years of technology and, and the ability for people to realize their own opportunities, realize their own dreams through technology, they kind of get this, this mantra of good's good enough, I can get started, but then they don't go, and, and that's fine, like, I think you and I would agree that just getting in motion is more important than thinking about it and making it perfect in your mind, right? Like getting the hardest parts to start and then it's good is good enough. But then if you're going to commit to it, which goes to your next uh, core value, 
if you're going to commit to it, to me, you got to come back and say good is no longer good enough. It's got to be, in your case, the best. It's got to be better. And that's, and that's where number two, uh, working hard is not an optional thing. It's a requirement. I mean, you, you touched on it that last 10 seconds of training. You're not going to get seven reps in. You're going to get, or last minute, you're not going to get seven reps in. You're going to get 10. I mean, is, it, is, is this a fair statement? If we just choose to work harder, we're going to be like in that 20% group above the 80%. If we just choose every day to work harder, would you agree with that? One hundred percent. Because I think once it, once again, most people, because even we get a seven, uh, that's good. You, you know what I'm saying? There's like you say, there's nothing wrong with that. But you know, I don't I don't associate myself with average. Nothing I do is average. My life has never been average. You know, I've always done uh, stuff like in the music business or like wrestling or something like CrossFit that a lot of people are scared of. So nothing about my life has been average and it's all stuff that to really be able to make it for whatever make it is for the individual uh, and that individual being me because I never tell anybody else what make it it is for them. That's their choice of, of what they see make it it is and whatever they're doing. But for me, I have to go above and beyond and know I'm and authentically know that I'm going above and beyond and whatever I'm doing. That way, when it's all said and done, when I'm not doing music anymore, when I'm not wrestling anymore, I don't live my life or can't say ever uh, what if. Uh, you know what I mean? I don't want to ever leave what ifs on the table. I want to be done with all this stuff whenever I'm done with it. And it's that time and not have to look back and, and you know, hang my head about anything. And long as I'm working hard at every single thing that I do and know I'm authentically doing that, that'll, ne- that'll never happen. Because all I can do is control what I can control, which is my worth ethic. And my worth ethic is going above and beyond, being the hardest worker in the room, not letting good be robber of the best in anything that I do. And always when people see me, they can never be able to say that I didn't see Dante not working hard. I did not see him loving hard. I didn't see him, you know, one thing or another. Uh, They'll never be able to say that about me because people only see me working hard in anything that I'm doing whenever they see me out, be it at at mastermind events like Apex, be it in the gym when I'm working out, being when I'm coaching with my clients. Uh, be it when I'm in the wrestling ring, whether it be matches or training, because I'm a coach out of wrestling school as well. They're always going to see right. me giving my best and giving my all to everything that I do. Yeah, I mean, you hit on a lot of stuff there, but I look at it as we can choose we can choose to either vocalize excuses or not. But everybody around us, they're watching. Right? Like they're seeing the excuses come to life. You know, they're seeing the choices be made. So as you shared, when you decide to be the very best in every aspect and really what you're doing, like another one of the things you touched on in your core values is is leave a lasting legacy. For me, I like to talk about living that legacy like in the moment. Like you say, like living where there are no what ifs and living where everybody around you uh, understands, in your case, what Dante is all about and where you're going, what your goals are. Uh, for me, I really like living that legacy. What what does that mean to you, living it right now? Like, tell me about how you're living it right now, like with your family. I know you love your family, your wife, uh, Sabrina, correct? Um, like, tell me about how you're living that legacy right now with your family. Because to me, like, if, if we're doing all this stuff in business, but we're not living that 
what I call that big ticket life, life and business on our terms, that's not good. So how you live in that legacy with your family and then like your clients? Um, you know, when it comes to living the legacy, you know, my family, I have, you know, my wife, Sabrina, as you said, and I have two daughters, uh, Harper and Nora. And, uh, you know, they carry my last name. You you know what I'm saying? At the end of the day. So so number one is making sure I don't disappoint them and don't do anything that jeopardizes anything that goes on in my household. When my daughter sees me, she only sees hard work. She only sees leadership because that's what I'm doing in the household. And when she comes to wrestling shows or music shows that I have, that's all she sees. And leaving a legacy for my kids to me is not only like a financial thing. It's not only the leadership thing, but also it's one of them things where they can know they can do whatever they want to. You know, I'm a musician that that has toured before with major artists and and been on South by Southwest shows officially. And I've been on TV before for wrestling. And uh, that's just showing them that they can do whatever they want to at the end of the day, which is highly important because a lot of the time, especially with kids, a lot of people just tell their kids, oh, you can be whatever you want to when you grow up. But they say it in a they say it in a cliche manner. They don't a lot of time when they say that they don't really mean it. You know what I mean? Really what they mean is like, yeah, but you're still going to have to go to college. You're still going to have to get this degree and so on and so forth. I don't have a degree and I'm living a better life now than I think I would have have I got a degree in with what I was in school for at one point in time is it like that for everybody no but I knew that wasn't the life for me and what the life I wanted to have you know the life I wanted to have is the life that I'm steadily living right now which is more than anything a life on my own terms and providing with my family you know from that and you know as far as my wife it's just once again with how much I have to be gone um not doing that in vain you you know what I'm saying making sure that she sees the hard work that I'm putting in and, and, and she gets to, you know, bear the fruits of my labor and things that she's doing because she's a teacher. You know what I mean? So she has her stuff going, obviously, with that. But even from my end, you know what I mean? She needs to bear fruit from everything that I do because I'm gone a lot. You know, so when I come back and aren't traveling or anything like that, it's just giving the family that time. And when they look up, they see all these people talking about me. We've been in a grocery store and people have come up and tell me we've I've, we've been in academy before. And people have come up to me in random cities, not even our city, but random cities. And, uh, you know, it's the coolest thing for, for that that's, to happen. And, you know, my, my daughter cool see that daughters. and she's like, yo, yeah. my like, do you, dad, do you know them? No, they just saw me on TV, baby. That's so they know me, you know, whatever it may be. And it's the coolest thing ever. You know what I mean? Because she's even to the point where she's like, yeah, I want to be a wrestler. I want to do music. I want to be a veterinarian. I want to do this. And I'm like, you can genuinely do that all because I'm doing it and proving that you can through me, you know. And uh, so there's multiple levels of leaving that legacy. So that's just some as far as that family aspect goes. And also leaving a legacy with people that aren't in my family just tied to me ties back into that work ethic aspect. You know what I mean? Because I don't believe you have to know somebody to, to be part of their legacy. They may see you work hard day after day, see the Instagram post, see the Facebook post and literally be getting something like that. And the moment they say, yo, that touched me a certain type of when I got something from that, you're leaving a you're part of your legacy in that person. You know what I mean? Because they're taking something that you did, something that you said, something that they saw you do and taking it with them in their life. So the more I can do that with whoever I touch from all the different aspects of things that I do, the better, because now I'm leaving my legacy with everybody. And I've been able to do that right now. And that's how I'm living it in the moment, because people are watching me. People are listening to me. People are reading things that I write and they're taking things away. 
away from that. So that's how I'm leaving my legacy right now, not only with my family, as I said, but even with those that are part of my family of choice or that view me as a mentor that they don't even know or view me as a mentor and that they do know through the things uh, that I've got going on in my life. Yeah, I mean, a lot. I want, I want to circle back to a few things there. Um, so you said, my children carry my name, with, which that like hit me. I mean, I still kind of got a couple little goosebumps because I realized about a year ago, like my last name's Janakovo. There'll be a test on that later. <laughs> but uh, like for me, I realized from my, from my family name, it's really kind of on me to instill uh, uh, masculinity, doing the right things as men, being right leaders in my sons. So they carry on our family's name next. Because if that doesn't happen, I mean, there are some other, I've got some other cousins, but it, you know, where their lives are going, it doesn't, it doesn't really look like there's going to be that next generation. You know, and and that's not like I got I got family that tunes into what I do, so that's not meant to not meant to throw any shade at any of my cousins or aunts and uncles it or anything. It it's is. just right. It's just what it is. I mean, they're living their life, right. and I'm really happy for them. But for me, legacy is important in the now, and it's important in the future. And like our family came here, my great grandfather was not a good man. My grandfather was was a great man. And then he had moments that weren't so great. And my father was a great man, is a great man. And I'm looking to carry that same and carry that forward. And when you touched on that, that they carry my name. And I know in your book, you got some fractured family. You definitely, uh, if, you, if you've got some of that in your past, you definitely need to check out Dante's book uh, and get it. Um, but we all deal with this stuff. And for me, I see it as, this is not like so much legacy for me as it is. It's important because I believe in me. And if I so much believe in myself, my kids got to carry it on. That's how I look at it. Um, you know, so I really appreciate you looking at it that way. You touched on something else. I'll share a little story. So I had my son. He, he likes to play football. He's in eighth grade. Yeah, he's got this innate ability and like, like he likes to be in the trenches. He likes to hit people. He likes to be hit. Uh, he's, he's good on O-line. He's better on D-line. And so we had him at a D-line camp and we had a kid show up. I don't know him, but we had a kid show up and they were asking what school they play for, how many years they play. He's like, well, I, I'm just starting out and I want to play football. Now this is with kids who are, you know, five, six to 10 years into playing football up through high school age. And, um, I'm like, well, that's very cool. So I, I caught him on a side quick. I said, hey, man, thanks for coming out. Don't be intimidated by this, uh, by this stuff, because, you know, you're, you're brand new and, and Coach Ken is going to help you. Uh, and he's a great coach. I said, but don't don't be intimidated by these other kids. Just remember, they got a lot more years. Don't measure themselves. Don't measure yourself to them. Measure yourself to all the kids who also want to play football, but aren't here like you are. And then I kind of let it go because I'm not there to coach, but I just felt seeing him step out. The sad part of the day is he didn't make it through warmups. And I don't put that on the kid. I put that on the parents because you touched on parents that tell their kids they can do whatever they can. Like, I think, I think, I think the parents got to lead it. You know, so I'm watching dad and I, I kind of realized 
when I overheard the conversations when he was setting up to quit, I realized this was dad's dream to have son play ball, not son. You know, but it, it kind of was like, well, dad, I want to play. And, and like dad grabbed onto that. He's like, yeah, you could do it. But there was no support there um, to, to bring the kid ready to go. I mean, he wasn't, I'm not one, I'm not one to call somebody out of shape. I'll own that. But he wasn't the most in shape kid. He certainly wasn't the most prepared. You could tell he was, he was, he was gassed pretty quick, but that's the problem. And you touched on it. Like we as parents and leaders in our companies and our homes, if we're going to say, go do it, cause you can do it. We got to be able to support it. Right. That's the way I look at right. it. Right. Right. And the kids have to see it in you and what you do to really know it as well. It's not just watching. the same thing. They got to see it. They got to see it in your actions and whatever you do as well. You know what I mean? To see those hardships, but see you become a victor in those hardships as well. And that's what yeah. it takes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So this, this, uh, this word becoming unfuckwittable. So let's talk about that for a second. Cause I, I, I got from the book what it means and I love it, but why don't you share with everybody right. else listening and watching, uh, uh how that defines yeah. you. Yeah. So to me, becoming unfuckwittable is you get into the point where, I mean, essentially it's kind of like a nobody can tell you anything type attitude. You, you know what I mean? Where you become unstoppable in your world, where you become go from a victim to a victor, where we all know as business people, especially uh, with what I do in professional wrestling and the music business. So we'll just say the entertainment business with those two things. I do have my fitness business as well, but I see it even more so in like music and, and, and the wrestling. There's going to be such hard times of uh, hardship because uh, there's only so much that we can control in both of those industries, regardless of how good we are. You, you, you know what I'm saying? We can't control people giving us the email back when we're trying to get bookings. We can't control getting a call back after we've been on TV in hopes of a contract or anything like that. You know, so it's realizing that it's still doing the work anyway, because you could you may feel like you've lost or something and in, in something that you've done business wise or something that you've done entertainment wise. If you have uh, those, you know, I don't want to say side things because both of them, all everything I do are careers to me. But um, and, and everything I do, those hardships is going to come. But I stay winning through them because I learn lessons from them. And that's what becoming unfuckwittable is about. It's regardless of whatever hardships that you have in your life, be it personal, be it business, be it in the chase of a dream or whatever it may be, you know, you get to the point where you can't lose, you know, where you always stay winning because you learn the lessons from it and then reapply to stay growing forward, uh, which is what a lot of people have a hard time doing because a lot of people will take a loss and take the loss where well, I refuse to take a loss. I'm like, okay, what can I do better to make sure this doesn't happen again? What can I control in the situation to still move forward out of this? You know what I mean? And, and a lot of the time, it goes back to the worth ethic aspect. It goes back to, as we know, the fuck your excuses aspect, you know, and, and the G-code aspect of stuff uh, and, and all that. And uh, so it's just getting to that point where you can't lose with losing. Where you always find a win, even in the losses, because you learn to apply whatever whatever it was, the reason that you feel like you might have lost or feel like you didn't get what you wanted out of the situation. You reassess, reapply whatever you need to change up and then don't let that happen again. And that's all becoming unfuckwittable is. Yep. I love it. 
I mean, I, I love it. You know, the, the realization, if you're going to take the loss, like you should hate it so much that you will. And if you're going to lose again, you're not going to lose that way. Right. Like you're going right. to learn from it, build exactly. on it. And if you lose again, it's, it's to somebody that's so much more elevated than you are and whatever that thing is, or, uh, it's going to be a loss because you just weren't prepared, but that shouldn't happen if you're unfuckwittable, right? Because you took that loss right. and you built on it time again. You know, when I coached, when I coached you football, I told the kids, look, if we work hard throughout the week and you bring everything we've worked on to the field, the wins and losses, they take care of themselves. And I always said it that way. The wins and losses take care of themselves because, and I had some parents ask me, what do you mean by that exactly? Are you willing to accept the loss? I said, no, I hate losing. Hate it. Like, hate it so much I hate it. But I can't be on the field with the kids. Not at the level I coached. Like, we had to bring it. And I mean, I kind of probably was a little bit of a pain in your butt getting ready for this podcast because I want to put a great podcast together. We put a great weekly plan together for the kids. We spent time on it. I wasn't the kind of coach that just rolled up out of work you know, like being there because I was leaving work, getting to practice five minutes late. I was there before everybody else was there, setting up the field, being ready to go. So we got our full two hours in. And I said, the wins and losses take care of themselves. If we just bring what we do in the week to the game, we're going to be good. Sometimes that was the case and sometimes it wasn't. So when we did lose, we said, well, what do we got to do? What do we got to build on? You know, because I hate taking those L's, hated it. Just hated it. And we didn't we didn't win much, but we taught kids a lot of good stuff. Yeah, and, and also as part of just setting a standard, right? Because in life, society tries to tell us that we have to think this way, have to talk this way, and so on and so forth. When when I stopped doing uh when I first off, when I stopped being a victim of, of generational curses one way or another and decided to to be a legacy changer and live life on my terms and be unapologetically who I was, with how I thought, with how I speak, with what I listen to, with what I watch, everything in life got so much better. Because I wasn't being 75% myself. I wasn't being a different Dante with this group and a different Dante with that group, the Dante that you get on this podcast is the Dante that my clients get is Dante that my family gets is a Dante that people get when they see me in wrestling is a Dante that people get when they see me in music, when I'm on stage speaking at masterminds and so on and so forth, because wherever you go, there you are, you know, and the more you do that and hone into yourself and be unapologetically you and live life on your terms and not the terms of, of, of what your family said growing up and how you should be or what society says and how you should think and the things you should say because of skin color, because of ethnicity, because of uh, spiritual affiliation. When you live how you want to live everywhere, you start winning 
so much more because you start associating yourself with people that are like that. You know, the whole the whole thing of, you know, the five closest people to you, you know, type situation. And it's the God, the honest truth. You, you know what I mean? We see it in Apex all the time. You know, our group is a lot of people are all motivated. We see nothing but posts from them. And it's always uh, motivating. And it's always uplifting. Even when people are having bad days, once again, like I say, they don't lose in them bad days. They're like, hey, it is what it is. I can control the variables that I can control. I can't control the ones I can't control. And we're going to deal with this. You know what I mean? I'm just letting y'all know that we y'all can stand in the gap with me because we are family of truth. So we do want to help stand in the gap and help, you know, our our comrades win in whatever uh, in whatever aspect we're doing life with them, be it in business, be it an apex mastermind or whatever else, because we don't let our people lose in that instance. Yeah, I mean, I wrote it down. Refuse to accept what's being given to you. And you touched on it, whether it's you know generational poverty, uh, you touched on skin color, ethnicity, religion, whatever it is. You know, uh, one of my posts that I'm going to make later today for other purposes uh, relates to like a 90-day planner. It relates to a cell phone. You know, it relates to everybody's got, I don't want to say everybody has the same opportunity because that's not, that is not always the case. However, there's a lot of access to things that can make you lift yourself up and help you lift yourself up. But it's got to be on what you're willing to accept. Are you going to accept what's being given to you, what's being told to you? Are you going to accept what the people around you want for your life? Or are you going to like say, you know what? No, I don't want to take that out. I want this win. And I want it this way, which really kind of touches on the next thing, proximity and alignments. I mean, we kind of, we kind of touched on it already, but like, how do you keep, how do you keep that alignment and that proximity strong? Because, you know, you, I mean, in your book, you talk about family, you got some drama there, right? Some hurtful stuff there that's, that you shared freely that kind of like guided you for a little bit. But how do you, like, how do you, not walls, that's not the right term, but I think you know what I'm going with. Like, how do you keep that fence? How do you keep that circle around you to keep that right proximity and alignment? Right. You just, you just have to get to the point where you're protecting your peace. You, you know, and, and that especially as an adult, because um, we, you know, like just because people are family uh, doesn't mean they have to do a lot of stuff together. Doesn't mean they have to think the same way and so on and so forth. And, and, and that's OK. A lot of people keep certain family members one way or another, let's say at arm's reach, you know, that, that the kind of that cliche thing. And, and that's totally OK, you, you know, because uh, not all family is good for people. Because some family members stay in a victim mindset. Some family members don't want to win. Some family members stay spread of the generational curses through generations. You know what I mean? And never want to change. And uh, when you see that, you get to the point where you realize that's not how it has to be for you one way or another. And there's obviously levels to that for, for everybody's family. You know, nobody's story is the exact same story. But when you get to the point where you realize that, you don't have to 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 succumb to whatever subcategory of life that you're trying to be put in in that instance. And you, you can control who you hang out with. You can control who you give your time to. You can control who you give your emotions to and 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 then hone in on that and start being putting these people at the wayside a little bit. You ain't got to completely get rid of them, but, you know, you don't have to do life as close with them. You know what I mean? But then bring these people in that want you to win, that are positive for you, that help lift you up. Um, you know, it's got to be done, you know, at the end of the day, because the people, a lot of 
people feel obligated that they have to do life with people a certain kind of way. I don't feel obligated to have to do life with anybody. I'm a grown ass man, dude. Like nobody pays my bills, but my wife and I, we're the ones that pay the bills in the household. We're the ones that raise our kids. You know what I mean? We're the ones that are going to pass and fail on our family in court. You know what I mean? And we're not going to fail. We're definitely going to pass all the time. You, you know what I'm saying? But it's, it's all by choice, you know, because some people are in your life for a reason. Some people are in your life for long seasons, short seasons. Some people are in your life for lessons. And when you learn that, you, you get, it's a lot easier to gauge uh, how you want to function and who you want to function with in life to make sure that you you always have your piece of peace in life and don't let anybody take that away from you uh, because you feel like that you're obligated to do this or that because it's just it's just not the truth. You're not obligated to do anything. If somebody does something for you, you're not obligated to have to do something back because at the end of the day, I don't do stuff for people with the expectations of me getting something back from them. I do stuff for people because I want to do stuff for people. I want to do good for people. I want to help people. I want to give to people. I expect nothing back. If they do give something back, Cool. You, you know what I mean? But that's not why I do it by any means. You, you know what I'm saying? And, and you people have to realize that a little bit more to really be able to function a certain type of way, because I feel like a lot of people go through life feeling obligated to have to do certain things and say certain things and live life a certain type of way. And that's that's not the case. We're adults, dude. So you, you're not obligated to do shit. You know, and then when you realize that it once again, it's a lot easier to go through and live life by design a lot more and not just by default because you don't have to live life because live life by design, start controlling everything that you want to control about your life. And things will turn out a whole different way and you'll level up to a level that you never expected before. I've seen it over not only over the last four or five years of my life when a lot has changed, but especially over this last year. You know, you know what I'm saying? And it's been a beautiful thing when you feel free. It's living free at the end of the day. You know, oh, when you're protecting the peace, like you it. start living free. Right. Yep. Yep. You know, you you touched on it. And then I want to get to I want to get to your 13th floor mindset and what you're doing at your gym before we wrap up. Because um, for everybody, Dante's got a, a hard stop because he's got a class to go help more people. Um, but uh, so two things um, you touched on. You know, not everybody's story is the same. Not everybody's background. Not everybody's start is the same. And if you're unhappy with that, here is the one thing that's undeniable. The path to get out of it and the path to change it is largely a very similar hard and fast plan. It's it's some of the core values that we've already talked about here, right? Like where working hard isn't an option. It's a requirement, right? Don't let good be the robber of best. So yeah, I, I've learned in life that not everybody has the same opportunity uh, for a multitude of reasons, some that are self-determined, some that are given, some that have been institutionalized. I get it, but I think we can agree, everybody listening, you want to change that, there is a definite path to change it, and it's, it's really incumbent upon you to do so. Um, I forget what the second thing was. Uh, at any rate, we're going to talk about 13th floor mindset. So that's the sub, that's part of the subtitle of your book. Um, let's touch on that and uh, what 13th floor mindset means to you. So what the 13th floor mindset to me is, is just the upper echelon level of thinking and decision making. And kind of what we just spoke on uh, is a lot of what the 13th floor mindset is about. 
why I coined it the 13th floor mindset is because, um, as you know, it at Apex, when we go to Colonial Building out in Addison and have those meetings, it's on the actual 13th floor of the building, which a lot of buildings don't have a 13th floor because there's that whole, uh, you know, like odd spiritual superstition aspect about it, right? You know, hotels skip a 13th floor. They go from the 12th to the 14th on number-wise. But the, the the 13th floor that I have a connotation with is is a good thing. It's a great thing. It's an elite thing. And uh, it's a higher level of thinking because the people that are on that floor, when we go to the 13th floor that I associate with, are all elite individuals. They're all people that said, hey, I'm not going to go by what the norm says. I'm going to go by what I say and what I feel and design my life, how I see it should be designed and not make excuses and stop being victim to past circumstances or any circumstances and realize I can control everything. Because even if it's a bad situation that you can't control, you can control how you react to it, what you learn from it, the perspective that you have. And, and, and that upper level of thinking like that in the people that were associated with on the 13th floor with where my life was changed when I did my first speech there about a year and a half ago is, uh, is the reason I coined that upper level of thinking, my mindset thinking, uh, the 13th floor. Yep. Yeah, I, I mean, I love the whole the whole uh, definition of it. I love the feeling of it. Everything I love. What I love the most is the visualization of it. Uh, like for me, my big thing is helping people on Main Street. We're going to talk about your business here in, in a second. Like for me, Main Street is so foundational to who I am. Because coming up as a kid, some of the best family moments were with my grandparents going uptown on their main street, doing, picking some things up for them, meeting their friends, having, realizing later in life their friends were watching out for little Jeffy going uptown, making sure he didn't get hit on his bike or anything like that. Like it was, it was community and it was family and it was special. You know, and that, and that kind of like idyllic main street in a lot of towns is gone, but I still believe helping business owners be important in their community in the way I experienced is so important. Now, maybe maybe we don't have that block like you used to have, but we as business owners and business leaders in our towns, we can do special things for our community like I had happen for me. So I think that's real important. Uh, so you you're so you're doing you're doing your fitness thing, your fitness coach. Uh, you've got your book. One of the things that we talk about here at Big Ticket Life is uh, is growth assets, right? Like authority books. And, and books being important to your marketing. So what has your book, and we put it up, uh, you probably saw it, you can get it on Amazon. Uh, I'm sure at the various places you can connect with Dante, you can just probably a couple clicks, go get it. But, uh, or you can just search it, Becoming Unfuckwinnable. Um, but uh, what has your book as a growth asset, as like part of your foundational marketing piece now, right? Like this is a big chunk in your marketing. What has it done for you? Um, it's done a lot because it gives for, for for those that haven't worked with me before, it gives them a quick, you know, because the book's not long and I didn't want it to be long. I wanted it to be straightforward, easy read because I wanted people. I'm a very face value person. I want people to get what I'm saying and not have to think any deeper because I, I say what I mean and I mean what I say on a lot of stuff, which is very uncommon for a lot of people. And so for those that don't know me that might have read the book or those that know just about me and, you know, know Dante Smiley because of social media and they read the book, they get a deeper 
perspective on understanding of exactly how I function in life and in my thought processes and what I would expect out of them if they did work with me. And those that have already worked with me or that are working with me right now in any aspect got a deeper understanding of why I am to say the you know why I am the way that I am and understand why I have high expectations out of the things they do when they're with me be it when I'm helping people with music recordings be it when I'm at wrestling training training the students that we have at the wrestling school and I'm hard on them and set these expectations of work that they cannot make an excuse and then you have to show up every day every time we have training and same thing with my clients it's like, hey, even when something's going bad, we don't have to just quit because stuff is getting hard. We just adjust. You know what I mean? You're not going to quit in the middle of a workout. If you're not hurt, you're not going to quit in the middle of a workout. It may be hard, but we could just change the exercise. We're just going to change this one piece and we're going to keep it moving because you're going to finish. So I don't let people quit or look down on small stuff, let alone any big stuff uh, whenever they're around me. So it just sets the standards for people to know exactly what they're going to get out of me uh, whenever they approach me, get a deeper understanding of my expectations because of how I live life and what I've been through. So when I come in hot and passionate, when I, they start talking to me for one thing or another, be it signing up for fitness or being signing up for wrestling and come get coached by me or whatever else, they know exactly what they're about to get. And it's nothing but passion and love. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you, you said they know the expectation is set. They understand the common ground you're all going to work on. Right. Like for right. me, I, and that's, that's what's so important about a growth asset because likely I, I would venture a guess in all my years of working with growth assets in, in businesses and the people that I work with, I would venture a guess that once you had your book out for a couple months, the, the, the customers, the clients that would make excuses kind of dropped off. Right. Yeah, 100%. That would be my, that would be my, that would be my guess. Cause they realized even if they just read a chapter, they, they would realize you know, if I come in with McDonald's stink on my hands and, you know, I'm sweating like crazy and I haven't drank water since the last time I was here, which is 48 hours ago, I drank a bunch of soda and energy drinks, Dante is going to know and he ain't going to take, he ain't going to take any of my nonsense. So I'm going to go to this other person that is really not going to benefit me, but I'm not going to him because he's going to hold me to a higher standard. That's the kind of thing that growth assets, when done right, do for you. And I say, 100%, you did it right here. I mean, when you say sets expectation and lets you know what the standard is, I did this first buyer's guide years ago. I gave it to my wife to kind of read before we published it, before we opened our retail business. And she said, wait a minute, this is, this is you're selling me something here. You're selling me on how you expect me to invest in this purchase. I said, exactly. Because I know the path to make you most happy. I said, now, let me ask you this. Did you learn something? Yeah. Did you feel it was valuable? Yeah. Does it make you, does it make you want to go get a new mattress for our bedroom right now? She said, yeah, I think our mattress kind of sucks. And, 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 you know, but that was the goal. Like that was the emotion I wanted to have with somebody so close to me as my wife, because that's how, you know, you've got a great growth asset for your business. Uh, as we wrap up, Another thing I'm big on is like experience, right? Because if you're not delivering an experience in your business, you're failing. 
Because if you're just making the exchange, man, I mean, like you're up against, I mean, your iPhone now can give you some health tips, right? Like it tracks your steps. And if you set up all the alerts, it'll guide you through your day. So why do, why does anybody need to work with a private fitness coach? Why does anybody need to work with people like Dante when they have that? You're doing something special. So you're in a gym operating your business right alongside another private fitness coach and trainer who has his own business. Now that I think is very cool because most business owners would be like, I, I can't share a building with somebody else. Like that, they have such a scarcity mindset. Talk about why you're so comfortable doing that. Well, because I'm a, I'm a different type of coach than he is. You, you know what I mean? I mean, that, that's really the main thing. It, it wasn't a hard decision. You know, he was a mentor of mine and, uh, you know, he gave me the opportunity to uh, start subleasing from his building because he knew the type of person that I was. And I'm going to draw different clients uh, than he's going to draw for, for his business because we're two different type of people. I'm very no-nonsense, you know what I mean? And so I'm, I got to have a certain type of person, which is why I have a system when I'm signing people up to make sure we're going to be a good fit and they're not going to be somebody that's going to get offended because I have these high expectations. I'm not saying that that he does it for his people. He just has it in a different way. You know, you know what I'm saying? And he he's a little bit he, bit more of a peaceful soul than I am. And I'm a peaceful soul, but I'm, I'm very, very passionate about the things that I do, you know. And at the end of the day, uh, we know we're not going to step on toes because we it's a respect factor. You know what I mean? We knew going into it when he allowed me to come here and start subleasing from him that there's that respect factor that I wasn't going to try to take anybody from him because I market a different way. I sell myself a different way. I'm a different type of person. So it really makes it easy. You know what I mean? And our clients get to enjoy time with each other because we'll be in here training at the same time with our people together. And it's a whole community at the end of the day under under the big brand uh, that is the gym, ultimately. You know what I mean? And it's a beautiful thing because all of us do life together at the end of the day. And it makes it that much more fun to see him having fun with his clients a certain type of way and me having fun with my clients a certain type of way. And him joking with my clients on, a, you know, when he hears something that we're talking about. And I joke with his clients with something that we talk about because they get a little bit taste of just something different and the different personalities that uh, both of us have and the people in the gym have at the end of the day day and it makes it a lot more fun yeah i mean really what you're doing what, what you're living as a business owner is an abundance mindset you realize right there there's multiple benefits there's multi there's a lot more power in working together even though you're both selling the same thing the same you're, right. you're both really selling the same end result it's just your experience of getting there you go this way he goes that way and i would you know he said you're a peaceful passionate person or you're a peaceful person, I would say, yeah, you're a peaceful person wrapped in a suplex you from the top rope kind of guy. <laughs> right. So, so exactly. as we wrap up, as we wrap up, because I know you've got a class, and I want to give you some time to plug some of the stuff you're doing. So in case you missed it, Dante Smiley is a family man, a faith man, faith man, family man. I guess that would be the order, right? Uh, you are a fitness coach and trainer, you are a professional wrestler, and you've even and you've, you're even in the music industry as a rapper. So, as we wrap up, why don't you give some ways people can get a hold of you? Uh, give a little commercial for for what you're passionate about in those businesses right now. 
Yeah, most definitely. The, I mean, the easiest way to reach anything that I'm doing, the all the one-stop shop, is connectwithdante.com. That's where people can easily get to my social medias uh, to see when we have wrestling show, when I have wrestling shows coming up, to stay in contact with me one way or another, be it through email or social media. They could go watch matches on there. They could listen to the music. They could sign up for fitness. They could get the book. I mean, everything that we've talked about today, that with that website right there is the one-stop shop. Because uh, I am signed to an organization called the OIWA, which is the Organized International Wrestling Association. And I'm actually the only contracted wrestler to that organization. Uh, we have other wrestlers that workforce and, and and I'm the champ champ baby that's exactly it you got they call me strap. the champ champ and uh, the beautiful big white gold as I call it and uh you know and it's and it's awesome you know what I mean because there's a lot of work and uh and a lot of um there, there there's a lot that comes with uh you know being the only sound person and being the champion and 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 it's only meant for one person and me and that's why I have it you know what I mean <laughs> but uh I, I love it man I love everything about I love everything about wrestling it was a childhood passion of mine so was music and it's and it's beautiful when I made the decision that I could do it all and not only do it all but excel at both of them as well because I've done a lot in the music business I took time off and then I found wrestling and hit the ground one running with wrestling and I'm getting and everything that I expected out of it because I'm putting the work in ultimately to be able to achieve everything I want out of it, controlling everything that I control, which is showing up and having grade A matches, five, five, five star matches every time I step into the ring. Um, and it's a beautiful thing, man. I, I love it. People love it. Uh, so make sure uh, I know I talked about being able to find me, but on Facebook, if you look up the OIWA, you can find the organization follow because you can see all the shows that we have going around because there's multiple organizations that I have to travel to across the United States to be able to work. So coming to a city near you. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And if you can't get to the city, connect with them and you'll watch it on YouTube. You'll watch it live. I'm sure Correct. on many different channels. That's that's the power of technology today. Dante, my friend. Exactly. I knew it the first time I saw you in November. We got that picture together. I should have texted that to our producer. Yep. I forgot, but I knew we'd get down like this uh, on this episode at some point. And here we are today. Thank you so yes, much for joining Thank me. Uh, loved our time together. Loved your book. Get the book, Becoming Unfuckwittable from Dante Smiley. Uh, connectwithdante.com right there on your screen. And you'll, you'll get into all the goodness that he's bringing into this world. Dante, my friend, thanks so much for joining us. I hope you have a kick-ass Thank class you, brother. here at 12 noon your time, all right? I appreciate it, brother. Thank you for the platform as always. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for joining us. Take care, everybody. Peace.